Through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, oh, I believe that you are my fortunes, you are my portion, you are my hiding place, oh, I believe you are the way, the truth.
Good morning. Please open your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 22. Again, please open your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22, as we continue in our book of Ephesians study, Building a New You. And today we'll be talking about alienation, reconciliation, and a new race. Wow. As you turn, I just want to say I love that song that was picked by Jessica, or Jessica had brought it to my attention. The Way, New Horizon by Pat Barrett. And that was a cover by the song, of the song by Shades Mountain Baptist Church. And what a great song. We're going to talk about that song here in a little bit. But first, let's read from Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22. I'm going to start reading now. Please follow along. Therefore, remember... Remember, therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13 of Ephesians 2, if you're just catching up with us. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father." So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens and the saints and the members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Thank you for following along. Again, today we are talking about alienation and reconciliation, or more specifically, a people group, the Gentiles, going from alienation to reconciliation and a new race. We start with alienation. The scripture today talks of the Gentiles. Gentiles meaning those who are not Jewish, all others. The scripture talks of these people, and these people, these Gentiles, were isolated, set apart from God's promise and people. In fact, it says they were far off, alienated. Before I go forward, I want to talk about that sermon intro song that was played for you, that transition song, which just works out so perfectly as an illustration as well. It wasn't meant to be that initially. But it has some great meaning behind it. Let's listen as I read the words and as you've heard the scripture today. The lyrics go like this. And it's a new horizon. And I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. All my fears and doubts, they can all come too. Because they can't stay long when I'm here with you. 
It's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. This is just one part of that song. That song has some great lyrics. But the song's purpose may not have been to illustrate this passage specifically, but it does help to illustrate the ideas found here. You see, everything that the Gentiles now were going to have through Christ was new. It was a new way of life to them. They were living with a new horizon, <coughs> a new way of living, a new horizon set on Christ and his mercies, of which were all new to them. Fears, doubts, they would no longer control their living as they now would come to Christ. Not worthless idols, false gods, bad traditions, and hopeless living as before. Christ Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has now come to them, to Gentiles and to Jews alike. And he is for them. For all of them, he is the way, the truth, the life. And it's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. All my fears and doubts, they can all come too, because they can't stay long when I'm here with you. The Gentiles had never had this before. And they are to treasure him. In fact, verse 11 and throughout the scripture today tells them and us too to remember. Verse 12 goes on saying, To remember at one time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to God's covenant and promise. They're to remember just how far they had come or what they had now come into. What riches, glorious riches and community they now had part in. We too should remember these things. Paul here talks of the Gentiles' condition before Christ. We could also talk of our condition before Christ. Would we be able to talk of a change? Could we see his impact upon our life as you can see his impact upon these Gentiles back then? The Gentiles before Christ were alienated, far off, isolated, excluded, Let's talk about that for a moment. Just how alienated were they? It was twofold, both social and spiritual. The Jews had great contempt for the Gentiles. In my studies, I found, and you may be shocked to hear that, the Jews believed the Gentiles were created by God for no other purpose than to fuel the fires of hell. Now, I just got some of your attention, so let me say that again. The Jews believed the Gentiles were created by God for no other purpose than to fuel the fires of hell. Now, I don't know if this was a common belief, these statements, or just some strict Jewish followers, but they also believed that out of all the nations God had created, Israel was the only one whom he loved. It was not even lawful for a Jew to help a Gentile woman in childbirth, for that would be, be helping to bring another Gentile into the world. The barrier or division, it is said, between Gentile and Jew was so strong and absolute that one could not even step into a Gentile's house or they would be considered unclean. And to take it a step further, if one would have relations with a Gentile, it would be the equivalent of death, meaning if one, a Jew, would marry a Gentile and be unequally yoked in that way, they would actually carry out a funeral as if they had died. The Gentiles were alienated in two ways, though, socially and spiritually. They were alienated not just from other people, the Jews, but from the hope found in a Messiah. 
and in God's promises. They were Christless, no Messiah to look forward to as they worshiped false idols, false gods, and lived not according to God's ways, but their own ways, ignoring the truth. They were stateless, not part of God's nation and people. They're friendless, they're hopeless, and they're godless with no covenants, promises, and traditions for them to hold to. Again, the Gentiles chose to worship false gods, idols, and suppress the truth and righteous ways of God, which we know and hold dear to. But before we trusted in Christ, we were like them. We were like them. But then came Christ the Messiah, Jesus, to the world. Jesus would tear down the divisions, the barriers, the walls. Gentiles, once alienated, now have been rejuvenated, energized, and made alive. More than this, they came from, from alienation to reconciliation, brought near both spiritually and socially through Jesus. Reconciliation, yes, they too could have a restored relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. They now would be included in a life with hope, with promise, with joy, with life, with new life and salvation and a future that they had never had before. They never were able to look forward to any type of future before Jesus came. This includes us today. You see, all who trust in Christ alone for salvation, Jew or Gentile, is brought near and into spiritual union and intimacy with God and socially together with one another as the church. We are all through Christ Jesus, trust in him as Lord, as Savior. We are all now one family, one community, his church. And verse 19 says, we are no longer strangers or aliens, but citizens. There is a great collision between two worlds, the Gentile world and the Jewish world, as there was both a vertical and horizontal purpose in Christ's sacrificial death upon the cross. You see, there is a both a vertical and horizontal purpose in Christ's sacrificial death upon the cross. Vertical, as we're reconciled to God. Horizontal, as we're reconciled to one another. Reconciled to God. Let's talk about that for a moment. They now had hope and a future they had never had before. But verse 13 says, But now... But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. The once far off has been brought near. A once closed door has been open. You see, God's redemptive work throughout history was to bless the world through Jesus. Because of him... The Gentiles are no longer slaves to religion or sin, and neither are we. We have been brought near to him and now have peace as well. He has brought down the wall of hostility, and the blood of Christ makes it possible for regenerated Jews and Gentiles alike to come profoundly near. Why? Because he himself is our peace. That is, he is the peacemaker between us and the triune God. He did what nobody else could do. He did what we could not do. The Jews could not do. The Gentiles could not do. He brought peace and reconciliation, a restored relationship. 
The Gentiles now have been reconciled, brought near, and with a restored relationship with God through Jesus. His body, his blood, and the power of the sacrifice made through the cross. They have peace. And so do we. That is a statement well worth memorizing, for he himself is our peace. Ephesians 2.14. I want to say that together. Ephesians 2.14. Let's say that. He himself is our peace. One more time. He himself is our peace. Who is that he? It's Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is our peace. And don't you forget about it. Jesus is the peace that brings all peace into your life and everyone else who trusts in his name, who professes in his name. But God's word also says not to forget the past. Don't just remember your peace, but remember your past. Remember the failure. Remember your struggles. And it's, re- it's repeated several times. Remember. Therefore, remember. Remember when. God wants them to remember where they once were compared to who they are now. And God wants us also to remember who we were compared to who we are now and who we are part of. Here's a big idea for you. You see, God reconciles people to himself and each other through Jesus. And we are not to forget this. We're not to forget that it's through Jesus that God reconciles people to both himself and each other. And here's a huge application point for you. Huge application. By walking in fellowship with God, we can walk in fellowship with other believers in spite of our differences. Let me say that again. By walking in fellowship with God, we can walk in fellowship with other believers in spite of our differences. Here's a question for you, the application after hearing that. Are there people whom you are excluding from life because of differences, past issues, or other things which, which matter not in the present and future glory of God? Think about that. Let me ask that again. Think about it. Are there people in your life whom you are excluding because of differences, past issues, or other things which matter not in the present and future glory of God? Let's look to the new race. You see, through Christ, there is a new race, a third race or people group, a united race, the church, which is meant to do his work, his will. Through Christ, both Gentile and Jew alike now have access by one spirit to God the Father as one group. Paul talks about those who are far and those who are near and how Jesus makes it possible for all of us to now be near to God. We have been brought together. He likens our unity with God and with other believers to a human body. Verses 15 to 16, a national citizenship, 12 and 19, and a house built on a strong foundation and cornerstone, 19 to 22. Every part has a purpose. Jesus is the cornerstone, but every person who trusts in him is a brick in his temple, the church. It was once said in an article on Desiring God, Citizens of Heaven, by Rachel Jones, February 21st of 2013, it was once said, because of the cross, the cross, Christians now, excuse me, because of the cross, Christians know where we are headed. And because of the cross, we're guaranteed citizenship. It is the country we, we belong in. 
the home and land we've been looking for all our lives. The color of our passport is blood red and our eternal visa has already been irrevocably stamped in. You see, Jesus gives us peace with God and therefore with other Christians. We share the same spirit of God within us. And we should live peaceably together with one another as part of the same united race as Christians and Christ church. We have the same blessings and same responsibilities. We are in this together and we are truly better together. The church united works stronger and better at accomplishing God's work, even with our differences. Because we're united does not mean we're the same. It means we are unique still with the very gifts which God has given each and every single one of us to come together and accomplish his will, his purpose. The new unity in which we have through Christ goes beyond racial difference, cultural difference, financial differences, class difference, difference in personalities, likes or dislikes. Our unity in Christ goes beyond all these things. In fact, we work together and it is in both our differences and the unity through Christ that we are able to glorify God and do his will to the greatest and best of our abilities. One once said that unity in Christ produced men and women who are friends, not because of themselves, but because of their friendship with God. It is our differences that, in our differences that we reach all nations as God intends. It is through Jesus, our friendship with him, that we are brought together to do this. How are you using or misusing the people, the friendships that God has placed in your life? How are you making friendships through forgiveness? Because it is through Jesus, our friendship with him, that we can be friends. Christians are not to resist reconciliation and forgiveness. For Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. In Ephesians 4.32, Christians are told to be a people who forgive one another, just as we have been forgiven by God. Us forgiving is a sign of knowing God's forgiving grace. And we must remember that we are family. So profound is our reconciliation with God and one another that we are now brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, members all members of God's household. We have the same Father, the same Lord, the same Spirit among us, and we all have access to the same God through Jesus and the Spirit. Also, like a family, we have responsibilities and a rule to fulfill. The church is not just a building we go into once a week or an event we attend, or as one pastor said, we must be careful not to treat church as a hotel with occasional stays, just going and paying our dues and leaving, maybe leaving a tip on the way out. The church is a family living life together on mission for God. Let me say that again. The church is a family living life together on mission to God. It's a new race, a new life, the family of God, and you have a role to play. We're consider our rule to play just one little bit as we leave today, and we'll get more into this as we go throughout Ephesians. Jesus prayed in John 17 that his followers would be perfected in unity and would love one another. How are we showing the world of the love of Christ through the love we have for one another as his church? 
That's a question. How are you showing the world the love of Christ? Through loving others as his church. How are we, how are you, how am I remembering our past in a way which propels us forward into his future? How are we glorifying him and his will? Are we remembering our past in a way which causes us to also forgive others and bring unity to his church? Remember that big idea. God reconciles people to himself and each other through Jesus. And remember that big application with that. When we are walking in fellowship with God, we can walk in fellowship with other believers in spite of our differences. Let's forgive. Let's move forward. Let's remember our past in a way which propels us forward into the future that he wants us to have. Let's do his work, do his will. There's no room for prejudice in the church. To treat anyone as inferior for any reason is only a display of our own sinful pride. Let us remember, myself included, all of us, where we came from. We were dead in our trespasses and sin, separated from God. And let us now remember that God the Father has done for us in Jesus Christ great things by making us alive together with him. His death on the cross has brought us into fellowship with God and one another. Let us consider these truths as we leave today. And one final point. Let us consider how much the world desires and searches for peace. It is in preaching the good news of Christ in both our actions towards one another and them and our words that they will truly find the peace they are searching for. Let me say that once again as we close before I pray and have a song. Let us also consider how much the world desires and searches for peace because it is, it is in preaching the good news of Christ in both our actions to one another and them and our words that they will truly find the peace they are searching for. Let's close in prayer with that thought. Lord God, we just thank you this morning for you are good and your mercies, your love, your grace is everlasting. We thank you for what you have given us, Lord, and we just look upon our past, remember it, and we look upon the future, the present, and we just pray, Lord, use us to spread this peace. May we forgive one another. May we remember that we have been gone from alienation to reconciliation and to a new race, and may we see the unity we have in him. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Let's close in song.